Chapter number 91 and verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Word of God said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, and from the noisome of uh, the noisome pestilence, he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand. At thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. That's all I'm going to read this morning. Really just going to preach out of uh, four verses this morning, the first four. But my thought this morning comes straight from verse number one. The Bible said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If I could this morning, I want to preach to you on this thought. The security of a secret place. The security of a secret place. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. Uh, God, thank you, Lord, for the good presence that we've already felt. Thank you, Lord, for the good singing. Thank you, Father, that, uh, Lord, we're not here this morning alone. We're not by ourselves. And we want to we want to praise you and thank you for that. Now, God, I pray this morning, uh, Lord, that you'd... Uh, preach me this morning, God, and Lord, that you'd use me and help me and give me power and unction, Lord, to preach the blessed Word of God. Uh, Lord, I can't do this on my own, and so Lord, I ask you to help me, help your people this morning. Speak to our hearts, Lord, and uh, have your will and way. God, open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to the Word of God. Uh, Do a work, Lord, in us, and we'll thank you for all that you do. We sure love you and we praise you this morning in Jesus' name. And for His lovely sake, and all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, This morning, if I could, briefly by way of introduction, I want to say it is here in our text where the psalmist David has penned a psalm, and it appears to be upon the occasion of both his past, present, and in some scenario, even his future experience that he would uh, go through and experience the goodness and the favor of God on his life. But you must also understand something this morning that uh, based upon the scriptures that we've read, it all started out in verse number one in a secret place. Uh, Can I say this morning, if there's ever been a time where God's people People uh, need to square away and steal away and get serious about a personal walk with the Lord. I believe these are the days and the hours that we must do so. Uh, Can I say that David knew what it was to commune with the Lord and for God to commune with him. David is a man we know after God's own heart. And all throughout 
his life, we find evidence that David spent time alone with the Lord. Can I say from a lad of a boy all the way up to the king of Israel, we find that David took time and he took he took he took time each and every day of his life to spend with the Lord. May I remind you that the Bible still says in Matthew chapter number six, verse six, but thou when thou enter when thou prayest, enter into thy closet and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Can I say my friend, there's security in a secret place. Now I'm going to give you just a brief introduction and we'll get into the meat of it but I want you to understand something this morning. If we were to go throughout the entire psalm there, there's, there's several points worth making. If you're writing notes you can write these down in verses 1 and verse number 4 we find God's private care. God's private care in verse 1 and 4. In verse number 2 we find God's personal care. This will help you somewhere down the road. In verse number 3 and verses 5, 6, 7 and 8. So verse 3 through 5 through 8 we find God's provisional care. God has provisional care. We find in verse number 9 through verse number 13 we find God's protective care. God, can I get a witness right here, is good at protecting his children. And then in verse number 14 through verse 16 we find God's prolonged care. God's prolonged care. But may I say it all stems, and boy, maybe God will let me preach all those things, but it all starts with verse number 1 in that private in that private secret place, that private care that personal care where David is dwelling in the secret place. Can I say, my friend, without a secret place, you will lack in the area of security. This does not mean that God cannot or will not keep you secure if you don't have a secret place, but rather it means that you'll not be secure in God. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? God is going to keep you secure, but you can lose your security yourself with God. Uh, here's what I mean by that. Uh, how many of y'all know that God's going to do His part whether we do ours or not but we get to fail and we get to thinking that God's failed us. We get to doubt. We get to lack in faith and the reason uh, that we go through these times is not that God has failed us but we have neglected our time with the Lord. Uh, can I say uh, this morning have you ever wondered why it seems so hard uh, to be faithful to spend time alone with God uh, as a saved child of God who's been bought by the blood of the Lord Jesus. Uh, uh, wouldn't it make sense that everybody would take time every day and would devote their time and their life to the Lord? Does that not just make sense? Uh, uh, but how many of y'all know it don't work that way? And there's very few people that actually do. Uh, uh, can I say, I hate to say it, but even in this church, uh, uh, there's very few who really had taken time to spend with the Lord uh, the way we ought to. I think, uh, uh, my friend,
and there are probably several reasons as to why one would neglect personal intimate time. By the way, we're not talking about the president or the governor or, or your favorite uh, coach or your favorite teacher or your hero or your granddaddy. We're talking about God Almighty, uh, the one who hung the stars in the sky, uh, the one who spoke the entire world uh, into existence, the one uh, who sent his only begotten son in the flesh. Uh, uh, man, God was manifest uh, in the flesh that hung and bled and died and, and poured out precious and pure blood that washed away your sin. And that God wants you uh, to take time, personal time, to steal away and spend secret time with Him. Isn't that amazing this morning? That God cares enough not only to save us, He wants to supplicate with us. He wants to this morning. I need you to understand this is not something that we try to push on you. I say we, anybody that preaches the Word of God, it's not something we're just trying to push on you to, uh, to make you to know. This is something you ought to want to do. Uh, my friend, can I say you devote time to things and people you love? I mean, ain't nobody had to pull my arm this weekend. Uh, my dad called me up a couple weeks ago and said, son, I want to go to a Braves game. I said, you and then what money? Amen. He said, I'm going to take care of it. I, I want, I'm going to pay for you Elijah. We're going to go have a good time. And I said, well, I'm all for it. You know, he didn't have to pull my arm or twist my wrist to get me to go. I love him. Amen. I love my dad. I love my boy. I knew it was going to be good. I, I want to spend time with him because I love him. Isn't it amazing that we'll say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love the Lord. Oh, Brother Josh just won't thank God to say, I love the Lord so much, but he's not heard your voice since last Sunday. I mean, no, we ought to be ashamed for and, uh, uh, that God would love us the way he does uh, and we spend the least amount of time with God most likely as anybody else isn't that sad that's sad, friend. Uh, can I say, and I want you to look just briefly, and I hope I can get through this today. I really do. I want you to just look briefly in Psalm chapter 90. Look at verse number 7, Psalm chapter 90. I began to contemplate, and I said, Lord, why in the world would anybody neglect secret personal time with you? I mean, isn't it good to spend time with your spouse but in public? I mean, isn't it good to hold hands and walk down the sidewalk and go watch a movie, whatever y'all do? Isn't it good? But ain't it good to be able to go home and spend time with them? Ain't it good to, I mean, no matter what day, no matter how you look, no matter, are you with me? Can I get a witness? We ain't always put together somebody, help me, and they still love you and they're still there and they don't run off when they see you after you just woke up in the morning. Ain't that good? I mean, we ought to thank God for that. And it would make sense to me that we'd spend time alone with God, not just in the public scene, but in the private scene. But why? Why do people fail to do that? Well, the Lord showed me this. Psalm chapter number 90, look at verse number 7. The Bible said, David, or Moses here is writing, the Bible said in verse 7, We are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret what? our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. Listen to me. I want to, I want to point a few things out. There are a few things worth noting here. First of all, we find instead of being covered, uh, instead of being covered in the presence of the Lord and under the wing that we just read, they're consumed in verse 7. Instead of having secret supplication, you know what they have? Secret sins. How can I say the reason that you don't want to talk to God as much as you, want, as you ought to and the reason that 
that people don't pray and the reason that people don't read their Bible is because there's so much covered up in secret and there's so many sins in secret that my friend we can't find access for supplication that's why people fail to spend time with God they've got secret sin therefore they cannot have and love and cherish secret supplication they have no secret place but they love secret pleasure instead of their days being productive they're passed away verse 9 instead of their years being a tale worth telling their years are spent they're wasted as a tale that was told can I say it appears to me in Psalm chapter 90 that secret sin will keep you out of a secret place oh God help us in these last days we don't have time to play games no more we ain't got time to just please the flesh we got time to sin all the time we got time we're running out of time we need to walk with God and talk with God and live for God and God live in and through us this morning we need a secret place can I say not only do I believe a secret place is essential in these last days to survive but there's absolutely no possibility that any church or any Christian is going to have success or thrive without a secret place. You're not going to do it. You've got to spend time with... I know this sounds so... This, is, this sounds like an oxymoron on a Sunday morning, but it's not. It's not. Listen to me. This ain't something that you preach at the world. They don't know God. They're not going to spend time with God. But if He's came by and saved you and put your name the Lamb's Book of Life and you believe the Scriptures like you say you do and you love the Lord like you say you do, listen to me, there's a whole lot more to loving God than a chill bump running up your spine on Sunday morning. There's a whole lot more to loving God than when the preacher preaches on your favorite hobby horse. Somebody help me. There's a whole lot more to loving God than condemning the homosexuals and, and all the perverseness of the world. I'm against it, but listen, there's more to God than that. There's more to God this morning than half of most Christians will ever know about. My friend, because they fail to abide with the Lord in a secret place. Amen. It's essential. Prayer and supplication will provide you with power and stabilization. Prayer and supplication will provide you with power and stabilization. Can I say this? David spent time with the Lord. Brother Dax pointed this out months and months ago. In Psalm 55, 17, David's writing. He said, evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. You know what David shows us a pattern of? A bare minimum of once in the morning, once at lunch, and once in the afternoon. Can I get a witness? I mean, I, that ought to be dear God. That ought to be the bare minimum. And I believe it ought to be more. Listen to me. I'm not saying you got to stay hunkered over in a place for eight hours a day. I know you got to go to work, but they ought not be an hour go by that you don't say something to the Lord or God don't say something to you. Are you is that my, can I get some help? I mean, I can't, I can't walk down the road and turn around that something don't come into my heart or I've got something to say to the Lord. I'm praying always. Amen. I'm praying always with all prayer and supplication. I'm, I'm making mention always as Paul would say of you. I, I don't just get down at a certain time every day and pray over our church I don't do it that way maybe some guys do bless them that's fine that ain't how I do it I don't have a, just a certain particular on the dot 
time. But every single day I'll be driving and half this hour I'll get prayed for. And then I'll get busy and doing something. And then I'll go through yeah. a drive-through. And somebody on this side will hit my heart and I'll pray for them. And then I'll get home and my kids will uh, be running through the house. And I'll say, oh God. Oh God, in my heart and mind. I'll say, Lord, my babies need to be saved. God, please keep your hand over my home. Then I'll go outside and throw rocks at cars with Elijah. Somebody say amen. And then all of a sudden, what, somebody else will pop up. And I say, oh God, I know they're fighting. God, I can see it on them, Lord. Help them, would you please, Lord. And I'm praying always at my friend. And that's the way we ought to be. We ought to have a life of prayer, not just a time of prayer. We ought to have a life of fellowship and a life of supplication. We ought to spend time with our Lord. He is our Savior and He is our dearest friend. David spent at least the evening and the morning and uh, at noon with the Lord. Matthew 26, 41 says, Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Look here. The Spirit indeed is willing, but... I don't know why you can't take time to steal away and talk to God and spend time with God and walk with God and love God and He and, and commune with God and just know Him. I'm gonna say some things this morning. Some of y'all ain't gonna agree with. I don't know that, but 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 you wanna know why your flesh? You're feeding your flesh 15 ribeyes a day, and then wonder why you can't find time or don't want to find time or can't stand reading your Bible or getting down and praying. It's because you fed that old you, you you fed that old flesh man, and you you built him up so big he's so strong and mighty, and you don't listen. You don't have any control over the flesh because you never kill the flesh and you never crucify the. I understand. I understand that uh, that we're dead in Christ. But listen to me. On this side of heaven, there's still a war between your soul and your flesh. There's still a war between two natures. There's still a war. And whichever one that you're uh, uh, catering to and whichever one that you sow to, that is exactly how you'll live. I don't care how many commitments you make on the altar. If you don't kill your flesh, you walk in the flesh. You don't know why people never get victory and they never get a real relationship with the Lord because they come up here, they confess their sin and ask God to forgive them, but they never turn away. Amen. Confessing is good. You ought to. But repentance is more than confessing. Repentance is followed. Confession is followed with an action. Listen to me, I didn't just say, Lord, I know I'm lost, and, but I'm okay with that because I'm just going to keep doing what I was supposed to be doing. But if you'll say, that ain't how it works. Right. You must turn yeah. from self right. and yeah. sin yes, sir. if you're ever going to live and have victory in the Spirit-filled life. Yes, I got a few little things wrote down here. Ian Bounds, everybody probably heard of him. He's got several things on prayer. He said a few things I, I felt was worth saying again. He right. says this. He says, prayers outlive the lives of those who utter them. Yeah, man. That's good, man. Prayers outlive the lives of those who utter them. They outlive a generation. They outlive an age. They outlive the world. He said this. He said, prayers are most valuable weapon, but the one in which we are least skilled. It's our most valuable weapon, but it's the least in which we're most skilled. He said this. He said we do more of everything else than of praying. 
Boy, that's convicting me. I mean, it ought to convict you. He said this. He said, walking with God down the avenues of prayer, we acquire something of His likeness and unconsciously we become witnesses to others of His beauty and His grace. He said this. He said, prayer is the greatest of all forces because it honors God and brings Him into active aid. He said this. Secret praying is the test, the gauge, and the conserver of a man's relationship to God. May I say this? This morning when prayer fails listen to me when prayer fails the flesh prevails I'm telling you this morning now we've got to spend time with God in a secret place I'm telling you we've got to spend time in a secret place the Lord help us I want to show you three things this morning and you know those three things have two or three or five six things but three things number one I want to say this this morning the security of a secret place, number one, requires commitment. It requires it. Look at verse number one. He that dwelleth in the secret place. If you were to look that up, Webster 1828, the word dwelleth, it means to abide as a permanent resident. Are you listening? That means he that, he that lives in the secret place. Hello? I know some of y'all's minds, and I'm going to try to open something up and reveal something to you. I'm not against having a personal secret place, okay? But a secret place does not have to be in a closet somewhere. I want you to follow. I'm not against that. I've got a little place. I don't go to it all the time. When I feel like I ought to, I go out and I got a little fence posts I put together and put in the ground uh, and sometimes I go out there sometimes I don't that's, that's where I'd go amen that'd be where I consider my place away from everybody uh, but, but, but listen the secret place is not necessarily a physical place it's a it's a dwelling place it's where and how you live uh, your life for the Lord it requires commitment it means to abide as a permanent resident it means to continue it means to be fixed that's what dwelleth means may I say the devil listen now listen fast I know I'm preaching fast but listen fast the devil hates a secret place because that's the place uh, he loses his persuasion or his ability to persuade Uh, but can I say the flesh uh, hates the secret place because that's the place uh, that it loses its power Uh, if you live in a secret place uh, the devil will lose his persuasion on you but your flesh will lose its power over you Uh, the secret place requires commitment uh, can I say this morning some of this is going to be hard and harsh but it's right that uh, people do not fail in their ability to commit are you listening you don't fail in your commitment you don't fail in the ability to commit uh, people fail in their avenues of commitment everybody has the ability to commit the problem is not the ability to commit to something it's the avenues in which we are committed uh, can I ask you a question I wonder what kind of relationship uh, you would have with God if you were committed to seeking him and spending time with him as you are your own job or your place of work where preacher preacher we gotta have a job I mean I've gotta be faithful I've got to show up you've gotta have God more than you've gotta have a job uh, preacher I, I mean I can't pay the bills if it wasn't for God you couldn't go to work to pay the bills uh, I mean what kind of relationship would you have if you were committed uh, to spending time in a secret place 
I'm with God as you were a worker. What about this? This is a big one. What about what? What if we were as committed to spending time with God as we were sports? We're living where sports is as big. I've been eyed on a little G God as anything. I mean, juniors took down the road. Bless God if they've got seven games in five nights. He'll be there. Oh, we'd commit. I've heard this preacher. We ain't gonna be able to. We ain't gonna be able to go to church because uh, you know we've got a we got a prior commitment. I'm gonna tell you something this morning. Before you ever sign Junior up for Little League, God, the Lord Jesus Christ shed His blood on the cross of Calvary, and He bought the church. Amen. And listen, that's not a commitment over the house of God. I'm sick and tired of everybody being silent. You may not listen, and that'll be all right. But I'm gonna preach this morning uh, that God requires commitment over work, over sports, over hobbies, over finances, over passion, over people, over promises, and over plans. God requires commitment. God don't want the last part of you. Why is it that everybody and everything gets the best version of you? God gets the leftovers. Why is that? Why? Why? Why does the why does the the people and the places in your life get the best version of you, and God gets the worst version or the leftovers? Can I say in the lives of most Christians? I believe this. We're in the last days. You know what the Bible said that church of Laodicea and what they were lukewarm. I believe we're in the last days. I believe this is days of the last day of the Laodicean in church age. I believe that most everybody and most everything else in life uh, is prominent and has priority over the things of God. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about within the body. I'm not listening. What's so sad is that God loves loves us more, cares for us more, provides for us, is committed to us, does everything in the world. We can't even, we don't even know, we can't fathom all that God really has done for us and we cannot commit ourselves to Him. What in the world is wrong with people? Well, there's only one explanation. The Bible says it very clearly. They're lovers of pleasures. More than their lovers of God. That's the days we're living. Let me ask you a question. How well does your time committed to God speak about your love for Him? Oh, you love Him, don't you? We all love Him. But He just gets whatever you can muster up and come up with. I said it at Sunday school. Y'all remember Uncle Sam posted, pointing his little finger? And on the, on, the, on the poster it said, I want you right. for the military. Yes, sir. God wants you. He sure does. And that means all of you. Right. Right. That don't mean whenever you make time, He wants you. Yes. Right. Can I say this? The time you spend in public serving God does not reveal your commitment and your devotion to God. That's right. I'm at church three times a week. I ought to show you I'm committed. 
No, it don't. No. I'm gonna bust your bubble right here. I hate, I hate it, I hate it, I hate that y'all come in on a rainy day and gonna go out with a pooch lip. But listen, if we're ever gonna have a spiritual, we do. If we're gonna keep a spiritual church, and if we're gonna grow, we're gonna get better, we're gonna go go further. And if God's gonna bless more, and God's presence and power is gonna be here more, we're gonna mature, and we're gonna last, and we're gonna remain. This has got stuff we got to know. We can't just shout all the time. We can't just run. Oh, I'm not again it. I love I'm doing those things. But listen to me. If we're not spending time alone with God, we don't have much of a church. I hate to tell you, but we don't. Listen this morning. It's not the public image that reveals your commitment. It's private that holds water. You know people don't even care nothing about God go to church on Sundays. I mean, you're not really proving much. And here, and listen, fact is, most most public commitment is void of a genuine relationship. It's all routine. Most public commitment is routine and rituals with no relationship. I'm going to keep saying that because some of y'all is looking at me funny. Most public commitment, most public commitment is not, uh, it's a routine void of a relationship. Did you know, and I, I know it's going to blow your mind. Did you know going to church every time the doors are open is the bare minimum for a Christian? I've got Bible. Don't look at me like I'm wrong. I've got King James Bible. Did you You say, I mean, that requires a whole lot three times a minute, my dear God. Really, three, six to seven hours. Oh, oh, for six to seven hours a week. Six, are you listening? That's if we have two hour service, two and a half hour service. Let's just say eight hours. Let's make it one full work day. Right. You can't devote to God. But you'll give 70 hours to your employer. I know that's strange, but Brother Tim, that's right. I'm not against work. Thank God. I'm glad we got a church full of men that are hard workers. That beats the alternative. I'm not getting on you for working. But listen to me. We cannot be more committed to even our work than we are the one who's provided our work. The one who gives you the strength to get up in the morning to go to work. Is everybody following me this morning? Listen, going to church every time is the bare minimum. And listen to me, I hate to be so rude and crude, but Paul even said I'm contentious and rude in speech. But some of y'all sitting here this morning, you struggle going to church three times a week. I know you're not committed to secret place. If you cannot even come to church faithfully without missing, some of y'all has never made it all free service. Here's my question. Right. What ails you? Right. 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 I don't count heads. God don't count heads. He's looking at the condition of our hearts. 
And when you miss church for everything that just flies up out of the ground, you are telling God and the whole world around you, you are not committed. And I want to ask you, why? Why would you not commit to the one who died for you? Did your boss die for you? Would he? Could he keep you out of hell? Could that, could, that, could, that, could that sports team and that coach and your reputation? I wonder. You know, people are going to labor me all the time. But I wonder if and when you choose to take junior Saturday down to the Little League game or basketball, whatever it may be. People, you don't listen. People are going to preach like this. This was pounded. And that's right. And I still can't get it gone. It's on my heart. Because we need people to be committed. Step number one in this thing was committing your soul to the Lord. How how come nobody has an issue committing your soul to the Lord? 1 Timothy 1.11 said, According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed... Which was committed to my trust. We'll commit our souls to God. That's step number one. But can I say, that's as far as some people go. Right. Man. I'm committing my soul, Lord. I know the only hope for my soul is you, Lord. I commit, I believe, I repent. That's as far as they ever go. Can I give you a few things? You ought to commit three things quickly. Three things quickly. I don't know if I get done with this today. I hope I can. Three things quickly. Number one, you ought to commit your spirit to the Lord. 
Psalm 31.5, David said, Into thine hand I commend my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. You ought to commit your spirit. You ought to commit that inner man, that new man, to the Lord. Number two, you ought to commit your steps to the Lord. You ought to commit your steps. Psalms 37.5, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. You ought to commit your steps to the Lord. You ought to commit your spirit to the Lord, but you ought to commit your service to the Lord. Proverbs 16.3, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Can I say, if you're ever going to rest in a secret place and run a successful race, Commitment is required. Number two, security of a secret place. Not only does it require commitment, it reveals a covering. The secret place requires commitment, but it reveals a covering. Look in verse number one. He that dwelleth, there's your commitment. In the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There's your covering. It reveals this. Now listen to me. If you're saved, you're, you're, I'm going to preach this two different ways. If you're saved, you're covered. We know that. But how many of y'all know that there's something to being under His wing, protected, intact, close with the Lord? Yeah. That hedge, if you will. And by the way, He does and can lift that. Yeah. You want to talk to somebody about it? Talk to Job about it when we get to heaven. He allowed that hedge. He lifted that hedge. And He can do that to you. But if you've got a secret place, if you live your life spending time with the Lord, it will reveal, that covering's there, but it will reveal it to you. Here's what I mean. In verse number four, the Bible says, he, it says this, He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Can I say, when you commit yourself to a secret place, what you'll find is, you'll find yourself being reminded of God's hand in, over, and on your life. <laughs> now listen, I'm slowing down a little bit. When you take time to get along with God, God will then take your efforts and offer a new environment. You know, some people are saved, but they, their life is a horrible environment. They're saved, but they're, they're like... Why is it that you're saved and miserable? If you were in the secret place and that revealed covering, or that covering was revealed to you, you realize no matter what, look here, I'm under his wing, you wouldn't be hateful as a devil all the time. I need a little help. Some of y'all don't have to say nothing. You just look mean. You scare me when you look at me. You look mean and hateful. Right. Right. Don't know why? That's right. He thinks so too. I don't know why that is. You've not been with God. Amen. Amen. That's right. You are not going to convince me you have spent your day with God when you show up like the devil. I don't believe you. You are a liar. You can't live a life in the secret place and never acknowledge, boy, I'm covered. I'm under his wing. I mean, listen, life can be falling apart, but if you're under his wing, you know it ain't going to get too bad. 
that covering is revealed to you. When you're placed under God's protection, uh, God is both then your, your rest and your refuge. Now listen. Man, I've got so much information here. God's given me stuff. Very few people reveal the Lord through their lives. And here's why. They have not spent time with God for God to reveal all who He is to them. Everybody pick that up and try and say it slow. Very few people reveal God through their lives because really, outside of salvation, God's never been revealed to them. That's right. Now I'm going to say some things, and this is what, I, this is what I'm going to say that I think probably some of y'all might not agree with, but it's right. Listen closely. Many folks know Him as Savior, and that's where it stops. But there's so much more of God to know than just He is my Savior. Now listen, under His wings and the covering is where you go from knowing about Him to knowing Him. People that do not spend time with God don't know God. You don't know why I say people like the sermon? They don't know the Lord. I'm saying, and I know people will disagree with me. You can be saved and really not know the Lord. That's crazy, ain't it? You can be blood bought, born again, as saved as the Apostle Paul, and don't know God. Because you know enough, you've trusted Him, you know He's a Savior, you believe that, but you never grew. What you'll find out is He's, thank God, we're never going to quit shouting that He's our Savior, but how, can I get a good Holy Ghost witness? He's much more than just a ticket out of hell this morning. He's so much more than just my Savior, and you'll never come to know who all He is if you don't have a secret place. Experiencing the Lord is much different than trying to explain Him. Here's what I mean. People will explain the Lord like this. He's the dearest friend. Let me ask you a question. Is he yours? Is that fair? He's the dearest friend. Oh, and I was thinking deep and sin. Whatever the song says. He's the dearest friend. Is he really yours? Here's the turn, all you girls. BFF, we're living in the BFF generation. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what BFFs do? Yeah. Yeah. Hey girl. Hey girl. What you doing today? Oh, nothing. Fixing the bed and the bed and the kitchen floor. Yeah, I'm just having a Well, uh, I'll hold that issue back to our next. Hey, bro. What's going on? I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Come on, I'll be in conversation. You there? Yeah, man, I'm here. You want to go fish? No, no, I can't. No, I'm broke. Well, we'll go tomorrow. I said we broke. Oh. You there, bro? Yeah, I'm here. Well, I guess I'll let you go. Well, I won't talk to you, but if you don't want to talk to him, I'll talk to you later. I'll tell you the truth. Am I telling the truth? 
Spirit of the Lord, I thought so to get out. Or about this, BFS, the text you say, call. I want to punch you when you do that. Call. The effort that you took to find me and type the message, it seemed you could have called me. Right. I like an example. You know what friends do? They talk to one another. They spend time together. They share interests. They have common denominators. They love one another's fellowship. Listen, I've got some of the dearest friends in the whole world and they're all spread all over the place. And you know what we do? We love one another. We try to find an opportunity to see one another. You know what we got yesterday? We did big lunch. We spent about five hours at our Dorsey house. I called him. I said, hey, we're going down to the Burnham Camp. I need to play stage, all right? And he put us at Blue House, or a church we went to Blue House State. Uh, and I called him and I said, Look, here's the deal, we're going, we're going home now. I want to go back to the next time and I need you to cook lunch. <laughs> God, God was my witness. He said, Oh, do you? I said, Yeah, I want crab And I want fries and that stuff, he's a coleslaw. Anything else, honey? I said, Yeah, not my big ones. You know what happened? It'll be a thing. And I went forward up and I walked in and he said, You little bug guy, it's like it called you. You little small rock man. And he looked at me, he said, He said, Randy, I don't know why I came to that boy so much, but I love you. I took that, it was 45 minutes out of right, my way home. Don't leave Yes, ma'am. But I was close to my friend. I had a little witness. And he embraced me. And his wife and, and, and my son. We went out on the porch and talked for just two hours probably. Just about laughing. Laughed and cut up and made jokes and broke bread together and cried together. Come on tonight. Come on. Why is it we're so committed to doing that with people? I'm not against it. But none of those good people in your life will even be there. That's right. Amen. Amen. We forget. We forget. Listen, you don't know why that happened to me and my son. You don't know why my boys don't have memories. A great man God like Brother John Dorsey taking him in, giving him a t-shirt and knuckle sandwich and wrestling with him and feeding him. And he eat half his never butters and drank about four strikes while he's there. I had to take love off him to take care of all all the days he had. He'll never forget me that. You want to know why? I'm going to show you. The Lord is sitting under his hand. That's who was under there. But John was under there. God put me in my past in his past. Yeah. This is our brother Tim under there. All the way from Lake City, Florida. Mike Norman's one of the greatest men, if not the greatest man I've ever met. Yes, sir. And how this old boy got me. Oh, man. But damn, I was an outcast, man. But during that dark time in my life, I was under his way, and guess who the Lord showed me was under there with me? Right, my mom. You know where I met, Brother John? My guys. Yep. 2016. One of the greatest friends I've ever had, probably ever will have in my life. I don't know. It's just something. I'm friends with a lot of people. There's something there with him. He'll tell you that. They tell you, I don't even know like you like I like you. Are you happy? Bless his heart, he's got codes on 
on everything he owns. There ain't one thing that man owns that I've ever paid to. And he said, I got hundreds. You know, but I got hundreds. I got hundreds of preachers. He said, matter of fact, some of the preachers, man, my church, I'll get my code going on something, and I'm going to change it. And that kid came up with the code. He said, I don't know why. I give you everything I got. I said, that's so stupid. Come back. Man, I ain't gonna get through it, but I came back with you. I'm on that brother Tim. You're gonna be here tonight. I'm on here with Tim Christian. But ladies, I'm gonna come back this way and start searching. I'm just I'm just telling you. There's a cover. And if you get along with God, you know what God does in my life all the time? He reveals that cover. Right. It's there. You don't re- you don't have the joy you need because you are failing to realize where you really reside. The more time, listen to me, I'm going to close. The more time you spend with God, the more you know about God. Yes, and the more you know about God, the more you realize all that He does. And the more that you watch God do, the more you realize God can. And when you finally get to the place where you've accepted by faith and know that no matter what it is, God can, you will live in victory. Amen. You'll not be overcome all the time. You'll not be tossed to and fro. You'll not live in doubt. That's much about this. One of them is this, Brother Dax. You want to know why people, I believe people, some people doubt their salvation so much? Because they ain't been sincere with God about anything else. That's right. You were so sincere with the Lord, you were making sure whatever you need from God got done at salvation, but you've never been so sincere since. That's why you doubt that one thing. Because the more you get sincere, the more you try Him, the more He'll prove Him. Self. You know why people lack, doubt, don't have faith? No secret place. Boy, I wish I could preach it all this morning. I just got too much. I don't even know if I get done on Wednesday. But I'll ask you this morning in closing. People say the Lord's the joy of our salvation. Let me ask you a question. Is He yours? Are these fair questions? He's the Prince of Peace. Is He yours? Is He the Prince of Peace in your life? Do you even know about His peace? He's the first and the last. Is He yours? Is He the first of your life? And the last of your life. In other words, is He the whole thing? He's the captain of our salvation, but is He yours? He's the chief cornerstone, firm foundation, but is He your foundation? Does everybody understand? There's a difference in acknowledging and knowing. There's a whole lot of Christians, Brother Tim, that acknowledge He's the foundation, but they don't build on it. They've acknowledged that's as far as it went. I've got to stop. I mean, I've got notes that far. Father, we love you. And Lord, I, man, I thank you for burdening my heart so big. God, I, I wish I could have got her all out. But Lord, you know, you know what we need, when we need it, what needs to said. And so Lord, Wednesday night, Lord's will, we'll come back to this.
And God, I pray that tonight uh, you'll bless Brother Tim and give him what we need. Uh, But Lord, right now, I pray that our hearts have been moved, convicted, stirred, challenged. Lord, we need some some people to get committed. Uh, Lord, our church, we, we got a good church, but I dare say that there's just a handful that's really, truly committed. And God, if our whole church would dive in and commit, it's untelling what you'd do and how soon you'd do it. So Lord, please speak to our hearts. Draw people as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand this morning.